0: Dear Lord, thank you for this day and for your precious word for this time together. Your children, help us to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Take the seed of your word, this fresh manna of heaven and cause it to take root and bear fruit in our lives. Helping us, healing us, empowering us in your love and prospering us that we might help others. In the same way. In Jesus' name, amen. The last scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says So now there is faith, hope, and love. These three. But the greatest of these is love. So we've been talking a lot about hope and we talk a lot about faith, we talk a lot about love. But I just wanna kinda put them all together today and just maybe see where that takes us. The um that scripture is first Corinthians thirteen, thirteen. Most of you know it. Faith, hope, and love. King James says faith, hope, and charity. Same thing. But this love is God's kind of love, agape love. The kind of love that isn't self-seeking. But just seeks to serve and give. and loves without any strings attached. Amen. You don't see it that often in the world, unfortunately. But you should. From Christians, that is. Why is that? What do I mean by that? Why am I such a a hater? <laughs> I'm not. That's just a politically correct joke. But those are God's characteristics, aren't they? Faith, hope, and love. God's. And so those who genuinely have God, You meet folks that genuinely walk in faith, hope, and love. Then they are, they belong to God. They're God possessed. Amen. That's a good thing. That's the kind of possessed that is good. You see a lot of cheap imitations of faith, hope, and love. Satan does not have faith, hope, or love. And he hates anyone that does. He knows who you are. And he hates you just because you have God. And he never will again. There's a lot of good people in the world standards. Very nice folks. You meet them. But trust me, if they don't have God, if they've never truly been born again, that's a very shallow thing that you're seeing. It may be you may have known them twenty years and they've always been so nice. There's something more to them. <laughs> Some people just like being nice. <laughs> but nice people go to hell. Philanthropists go to hell apart from God, that is. <laughs> but those with genuine faith, hope, and love, they belong to God. They're God-possessed and they're, they're his children. And that's why the devil hates them. But because those are God's characteristics and those are the, the main things that he calls us to, because the First Corinthians, that same chapter, the 8th verse, says that love never fails. So love's a good thing. <laughs> Romans 8.24 says that we're saved by hope. So that's definitely a good thing. And our faith is that which overcomes the world is what it says in first John five four. So faith is definitely a good thing. These are the three characteristics that actually give enjoyment and 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 pleasure to this life. Without them it's a very Harsh existence. But. Faith. Faith is our ticket. Why is faith so important? We call to a life of faith. We saved by faith through grace. What also said we're saved by hope. They're so closely intertwined that you can't. You can't separate them, but one of the things that isn't mentioned because it's not a characteristic of God is the grace of God. The faith of God is our ticket into the grace of God. It's our the the, the grace of God is is what God's power. His ability at our disposal. This unmerited favor of God. That's available to all of his children on an unearned basis. Unearned by us that is. It's been paid for. A very high price by Jesus. But now the grace of God is which is everything obtained through the atonement of Jesus Christ, the forgiveness of our sins, the healing and health for our bodies, the prosperity to live this life with more than enough so that we can always be a blessing to others. All of these things are part of our salvation. Part of the grace of God. And faith is our ticket. Faith is the thing that gets us access into this grace. Because in Titus 2, 11 and 12, it says that the grace of God has appeared to all men. The grace of God which brings salvation has appeared to all men. But of course not everyone has experienced the grace of God. Because it takes faith. To obtain the things provided by grace. That's why we called to a life of faith. So that we can enjoy all of the things that God has provided through his son. Look in Romans chapter 5. And the beginning the beginning of the chapter. I just want to start reading there. And we want to talk about this access that we have. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith. Thank you, Lord. See, it takes faith. We had to hear. And faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God, right? Romans chapter 5. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God, right? So we heard at some point the gospel. When we were. At a humble point where our heart had been plowed. Either through situations and circumstances or some event in our life caused us to be prepared to hear about what Jesus did for us. And hearing upon hearing that faith welled up in us because faith was contained in the words that we heard from God. Because hearing the Word of God is, is how we obtain. So these little grace, these faith capsules, which are contained in the Word of God, entered in and we were prepared in our hearts and we received it with joy and gladness. For me? He did that for me? Even me? And we accepted it by faith. That's how we entered into that grace of forgiveness. Acceptance with God. And that's what it says. Therefore since we have been justified. Just as if I would never sinned. By faith. We have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's all because of Jesus. Which is good. Because it takes the load off of us. The burden. Quit trying to earn it. He did it. We didn't try to. Earn our forgiveness when we heard that good news the first time and accepted it, did we? We really believe, really? And we accepted it, alright then. (laughs) And that's how everything that's provided through the atonement needs to be received. Through him, verse 2, through him we have also obtained access, here we go, by faith into this grace. You see that? In which we stand and we rejoice in hope. There's the hope of the glory of God. We have access to the grace of God. By the faith that we have obtained through the hearing of this word. And it's a continual thing. Not a one-time deal. We need to be receiving words of faith all the time. To strengthen and keep us built up. So. Verse 3. Into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope and the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. Knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame. We're not disappointed because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. What's all this? What's all this? So closely knit together, you see? That's why in my book I describe... God as a as a circle more than a triangle, you know because you can't you can't separate Jesus from the Father from the Holy Spirit, from the grace of God, from the faith in God, from you know where do you stop where do you start It's all God faith Look over in Galatians chapter 5. So we're Romans 5. Let's look over in Galatians 5. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. Okay, Galatians 5. Let's read there for a second, starting at the first verse. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Look, I Paul say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will, know, will be of no advantage to you. This is, He was talking to the Jews of that day who were still had a religious mindset, you see. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. Again, he's not saying, That someone would be penalized for for doing a religious act. He's saying that if they put their faith in that. If they think that by doing that act. They get something from God. They're wrong. And if they entered into that mindset. of Because that's legalism. That they would have to keep the whole law. If they failed at just one point. Remember James said. They'd be guilty of it all. So he's showing them a better way. Through Christ. Circumcision of the heart. Receiving by faith. This grace which has been. Offered up now. So verse 4. You are severed from Christ. You who would be justified by the law. You have fallen away from grace. For through the spirit by faith. We ourselves eagerly wait. For the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision. Counts for anything. But only faith. Working through love. Now that's what I was trying to get to. Faith works by love. Now, I used to always think of that. Here he is telling them how wrong it was to depend on their religion. Instead of their faith in God. And what Jesus has done for them. But when I would read faith works by love. I would think, man, if I don't love more. If I don't love better. My faith is going to not work. And in a sense, that's true. But that's exactly the wrong way to look at it. Oh, if you can get this, it's going to help you. Come on. Because by looking at it that way, you're doing exactly what Paul told us not to do. You're trying harder to love better, to earn more from God. You see? Hmm. I want to, let's look at this because everybody can relate in some way. Is there, is there something that you've been believing for? Is there something that you've been believing God for? And you've been believing and waiting and you come to the place where you feel like God hasn't really come through for you. You don't have to answer. But if you're honest, if you're really honest with yourself, maybe that's how it is. I've been trusting God, I've been faithful. and just ain't happening. He just hadn't done it for me. You know what the answer to that is? Repent. Repent. Because what we do when we get to that place is we are Trying to work faith without love. And when you hear that, even now, you're saying, I knew it, I'm not I don't I don't love it. I don't love God's people like He does. And I want to. I'm trying to love more. And I knew that's why my faith wasn't working. No. You're trying to work faith without His love. Because you think he doesn't love you enough. That you've done something. To get out of his favor. And that's why he's withholding. You're trying to work faith without love. Without his love for you. And it's all wrong. Because his love never changes. And his love never fails. He's already provided the thing that you're waiting for. As long as it's a godly thing. And I know everybody here. So I know that you know what I mean. But he gave his son. So that you can have the thing you're asking waiting for. He provided then for your need now. Luke 12:32 says fear not little flock For it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom of God. He's happy to do it. He loves the fact that in his determinate counsel, the three of him came together and they this figure out how to upset Satan's plan. And even though we had given away our authority and our rights and privileges and our relationship with him by choosing to not believe his word and his goodness and his trust, we being the seed of man in the garden, he found a way to get us back. And it came at a high price. And so he, and it pleased him to sacrifice his only begotten son. It doesn't mean that it didn't hurt him. He bankrupted heaven to do it temporarily. Because he doesn't care about the golden streets. He cares about his son. And he gave his best to make a way for us back into his family. And so if we are thinking like I said before, we need to repent. We need to go back to him and say, Lord, I... I'm, I'm sorry, I was wrong. I, I, I know that you love me and you haven't changed. And that you've provided all the things that I need and the things that I want that are godly, that you want to give me the desires of my heart, that you're not, it's you're not, not your will that anyone should be sick. Poverty is not from God. Strive, chaos, not from God. I watched a man today um, uh, by a video in South Africa, a church there. He was a, a prophet, huge crowd. He calls out a woman's name. He says, I'm looking for a so and so. And she started a business. She's been doing business the last few months, June, July. And then it all went wrong in, in August. And she's, st- and she's like, Here I am, here I am. Come up here, I want to talk to you. She came and he said, You've been doing business with this man. He's named the man's name. He said, "And it was going well for two months. You were working hard. You're trying to support your two children." She's like, "Yes, yes." And uh, she's beginning to cry by then because he's reading her mail. Right? He says, "And then, and then you were doing such a good job. The man even gave you, bought you plane ticket. He wants you to travel abroad and do buying and everything for the company and." And I uh, bought you the plane ticket. Give you 20,000 to do this. And uh, she's like, yes, yes. And he's like, and then... He said, who are you here with today? This is so-and-so. And she says, where's she at? Yeah, I'm looking for her. He named her, too. She comes up. Who is this? She's my, my best friend. He said, you prayed together about this? Said, yes. And they're both saying, yes, yes. He said, and then... But this, in August... Everything changed. The man demanded the money back. He had nothing good to say to you. Only bad. Want no explanation. Want nothing to do with you. No more business. Done. Yes, yes. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. I don't know. And he asking the other woman, "Is this true?" Yes, yes. And you prayed with her. Yes. And he, this woman, her best friend, he says, why so-and-so? And he calls her name, the friend. Why? He keeps calling her name over, and she began to cry and say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I was jealous. She had gone to this man the friend had gone to this man and told her that her friend was going to take the twenty thousand and leave the country and never come back. She was jealous. They were best friends, and she wasn't seeing her. She was working, doing well, and now she was even getting better, and so she was jealous. she went and told this man his big fat lie. And God called it out because they had prayed together about this problem. And the woman attacked the other woman right there in the church. <laughs> and the, the elders and the other pastors, you know, they just quickly <laughs> But she's like, and then, you know, and then God comes in to restore everything. And he says, I want you to understand, this woman is not, the lady's over there, she's evil, <laughs> she's evil. <laughs> and uh, she says, it's not. She's not evil. She allowed evil to work through her. And then she's like, you know, she's like, I love her so much. She's my best friend. She's like, no, you're evil. <laughs> and he, you know, he's a, he's a prophet. He's a visiting evangelist. He's, he says, I see you need counseling. You know, so you need to be counseled in this because there had to be forgiveness. They have to understand what they're talking about. You can't have that. And God wasn't doing it to embarrass He was doing it to restore. What if that had come out? What if it hadn't come out? That one woman had damaged her soul so badly and ruined the other one's life. And then what if it did come out and outside from the church, she she may have killed her. (laughs) So God is a God of love and he does love us. But that's... I want to look in Hebrews real quick. Chapter 11. This is the great faith chapter. But we're talking about faith, hope, and love. So... This is the faith chapter as we call it. So now the first verse of chapter 11 of Hebrews. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The evidence of things hoped for. The conviction of things not seen or the evidence of things not seen depending on what version you have. The substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen, right? For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. No big bang, you see? The big bang they heard was God's voice, huh? So that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Know what it says? The evidence of things not seen. So our faith... Upon being released to obtain the things provided by grace, remember? Our faith gives substance to the things that we hope for. I've been talking a lot the last few weeks about hope, haven't I? If you remember. Because hope is so important, so closely related to everything in the Christian life. And right here, you should see if faith gives substance to the things that we hope for, remove hope, and faith has no goal to achieve. Hello? What did I describe as the exact polar opposite of hope? Depression. Fear, discouragement, same thing. Fear, he is a liar. Depression is the opposite of hope. It's the lack of hope that produces the depression. Remember, we were saying clinically they say it's a chemical imbalance causing this depression. I say the depression is causing the chemical imbalance. Or Your situation and circumstances have caused you to be depressed. No, can only do that if we magnify the situations and circumstances more than we magnify the truth and the promises and the hope in God. Three times in Psalm 42 and 43, it asks, My soul, why are you cast down? Why? Why this depression? And God answers all three times, hope in God. Hope in God. That's not the reason. That's the answer, the solution. In other words, you're looking, you, you're looking around. You're trusting in what you see, in what you feel, instead of in the only thing that is real. God. He's the only one who is steadfast and faithful. Why does the river blaze a thousand foot drop through the rock because the water is stronger than the rock? No. Faithful though. Steadfast. Perseverance. Time. Steady. Steady. Wearing away at the rock. Without hope. Faith has no goal to achieve. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. If we don't get our hopes up, the world will tell you, don't get your hopes up. Don't get that child's hopes up. Don't get her hopes up. Don't get your hopes up. Doctor, I don't want to get your hopes up. They're taught to come in and give you the worst possible scenario with a grim face and not give a crap. They don't want to get your hopes up. Well, let me tell you something. Nothing against doctors. If it weren't for doctors, mostly Christians would be dead because they're not living by faith. But you need to get your hopes up. We need to get our hopes up. Hope, what does hope look like? Hope in God, a confident expectation of good from God is what it looks like to a Christian... Confident expectation of good. The things that we believe in for. I have a confident expectation. I have a confident expectation that Jesus is returning for us one day. I know it. Why do you have confidence in that? Because you believed that you believed the gospel that day when you cried out to the Lord and you said, Even me. Okay, I believe. I accept it. I accept this forgiveness. I accept Jesus. Now I'm going to be in heaven with him. I know he's coming back for me one day. If he tarries, I'll go and be with him for a while first. And if that's all the hope that you have, okay. I love you. God loves you. And we're going to laugh in heaven. But let me tell you the grace provided through the atonement allowed for so much more. So much for this life. He wants you to be helped. He wants you to believe everything that He's provided by grace. And He wants you to get out there and take it by faith. And then He wants you to go help others to do the same. These end times are upon us, and the end times church is going to be so different than what you think church is. So different than all the churches sitting on all the corners and all the community uh, clubs around the social gatherings. Nothing against it. Throw out a big net. You might get a few. But most of the people sitting in those pews are not gods. They may have an admiration for him. Hard not to. Hard not to. But, in, but when I see people in their lives, in their philosophies, in their thinking, in their politics, in their standards and morals... Directly opposed to the teachings of Jesus Christ. You cannot convince me that that person belongs to Jesus. Because where is the. What date marked the event. When they surrendered their will to his. I mean aren't they even willing to. Reason together through the word anymore. Do they really say I don't care what that says. Okay then. Quit saying you're His though. I'll keep praying for you. We'll send people to minister and to evangelize wherever you're at. And we love you. But don't say you're on our team. When there's no fruit. Not sending out everybody to be a fruit inspector in everybody's life. But there should be some fruit. What's the difference? I want to just look at one more thing and then we're gone. Shorter today than I was last week. Matthew chapter 21. Because I think we're, we're right there. I think everybody believes everything the Lord is saying so far. Matthew chapter 21, go down to the 18th verse. This is when Jesus was staying in a, a place When I when I think of going and relaxing somewhere and enjoying myself and being around people that just love me and having good food and hanging out and just... Times are refreshing. I think of Jesus in Bethany where his friends were. He is staying there and walking to Jerusalem in the daytime, across the Mount of Olives into the city. But in the morning, as he was returning to the city, he became hungry and seeing a fig tree by the wayside, he went to it and found nothing on it but only leaves. Oh my gosh! I didn't even realize. I was trying to get to somewhere else, but talking about fruit. Thank you, Lord. And he said to it, May no fruit ever come from you again. And that fig tree withered at once. When the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How did the fig tree wither at once? Now, now one of the other uh, disciples give a version of this, and they say that on the way back, it had withered. Implying that it didn't when he spoke to it. Or they couldn't visibly see it. But it did on the way back. But there's there's, there's no problem here. When he spoke to it. It died at the roots. It might have taken a whole day or afternoon. For the thing to wither up. You see. They may not have seen it visibly. Just like when he told Adam and Eve in the garden. You will surely die the day you eat of that. Well they live for. Long, long time after that. Their spirit died. The roots died. When he cursed it. Because it was proclaiming something it didn't have. Just like. It was proclaiming. Because he created it. He knows what it was supposed to be saying. When it has leaves. The fig tree produces fruit. At the same time it produces its leaves. It's unique in that way. So it was proclaiming, I have fruit. And it didn't. And he called it a hypocrite. What if somebody ate all the fruit first? He would have known. (laughs) They marveled. How did this happen? And Jesus said, Truly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what has been done to the fig tree. But even if you say to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, it will happen. Woo. And whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. Amen. So what is the difference in this this mountain-moving faith that you hear about all the time? What makes it special? Listen up. If you're not having a lot of good results in your faith life, believing for things to happen. If you're not having great success moving the mountains of adversity out of the way... Because there's a difference in mountain-moving faith. The God kind of faith, which is mountain-moving faith, understands and uses authority. Okay? Didn't get you too excited, but that's what the difference is. Most of us are praying and asking God to do things for us. To move things out of the way. Heal me. Prosper me. Heal this person. Prosper this person. Watch over them. When Jesus... Sat down at the right hand of the Father because when he finally found a place to lay his head, he was done, wasn't he? That's why he said it's finished. And he went up and he took his position at the right hand of the Father and he gave his authority to us heal the sick, raise the dead. Open blind eyes. But we're still asking him. Do this for me. And he's saying. Just like God. Just like the father a while ago when I told you. That we need to repent. Because we're trying to work faith without love. Without an understanding or acknowledgement of how deeply he loves us. We need to have an overwhelming revelation of his love for us, how wide and deep it is. So that we can have the confidence to get our hopes up and release our faith and to speak to our mountains and use the authority in the name of Jesus, get out of the way. Cancer, leave this body in the name of Jesus right now. Pain, leave right now. Lying symptoms, get away. And don't return. By Jesus' stripes, I am healed. I was healed 2,000 years ago. If I was healed, I remain healed. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance If He did it for someone else, He'll do it for me because He's no respecter of persons. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And He loves me. When He sees me, He sees Jesus. When He sees my account, it's on account of Jesus. And I'm going to start... Using my authority. Speak to my mountains. Don't tell God about my mountains. I'm going to start telling the mountain to get out of the way in the name of Jesus. And then I'm going to go back and thank the Father. For the authority that He's given me. The grace that He's bestowed upon me. The blessing that He has spoken over me. All because of Jesus. Amen. 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 Father, thank you for this day and for this word. Thank you for teaching us, reminding us of your precious love for us, your overwhelming love for each and every one of us that have called upon the name of Jesus, that call him not only our Savior, but our Lord. And we thank you for the authority that you've been given to us, That at the name of Jesus, everything will be moved out of the way that is not of you. The enemy and all of his attempts on our life will be thwarted. Because no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And every tongue rising up against us, we shall condemn. We will use our authority, speak directly to the mountains in our life and command them to be gone. This is all on your authority, Lord, that you have given to us in the name of Jesus Christ. We know that we're nothing apart from you, Lord, but we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We thank you that we are completely healthy and whole from head to toe in these mortal bodies. And the life that we now live, we live For Christ. And that the same power. Lord that raised you up out of the grave. Is the power that lives in us. And gives life to these mortal bodies. So we are supernaturally powered. Holy Ghost powered. Dead to sin and alive and slaves to righteousness. We are above only and not beneath. We are not under the circumstances. We are above them. We thank you Lord. For this reminder. Of the power that has been bestowed on the believer. The authority that has been entrusted to us. And the provision through the grace of God. Lord we ask that you would. Begin to build godly dreams in all of us. Help us to dream again. Help us to believe for things bigger than we could ever accomplish on our own that will glorify you, Lord. And help us to set out on that journey, empowered by your grace, standing in faith. Believing that the things that we have hoped for are the desires that you've placed in our hearts. And that we will walk together with you because we are in agreement with you. In Jesus' name, amen.